Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, April 30th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Keeping the bowels of Oakland, California, I'm Patrick Norton. Yes, indeed. And we are going to talk monitors for you in a little bit. Uh, Patrick is going to help us uh, make a little sense of the alphabet soup that's out there. Made it. <laughs> Our producer, Roger Chang, has put this all together. Yes. So if it uh, doesn't work, you can blame me. <laughs> Not what I meant, but you could also get the credit should it go as well as I expect it to go. Case of the Mondays over at Chang. <laughs> Chang. Long got, weekend. Got a new Long roof weekend. over his head, but boy, are his arms tired. <laughs> Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Let's do it. Ride Hailing Company Didi Shusheng wants its team of automotive designers and engineers to work with car manufacturers to make purpose-built vehicles. The idea would be to design standards for intelligent driving technologies and charging facilities. GAC Motor and CHJ Automotive are said to be collaborating with Didi on this. Didi thinks cars are generally over-specced for ride hailing purposes. AMD says, oh, Intel, are you delaying your 10 nanometer chips again? We're sampling <laughs> 7 nanometer Zen 2 processors, and we're going to say we're going to launch them in 2019. Uh, AMD is also testing a 7 nanometer Radeon Instinct machine learning graphics card, it says. And it also says that would be manufactured by TSMC, not Global Foundries. Global Foundries usually does AMD stuff because they spun out of AMD. So that is interesting. Let's talk a little more about a marriage. A marriage uh, that uh, does affect uh, at least 50% of the people on the show, Patrick. I don't know who your current carrier is, but I know Roger and Tom both use T-Mobile. T-Mobile USA and Sprint announced an agreement to merge. 
They are the third and fourth largest carriers in the U.S. at this time. Deutsche Telekom, which owns T-Mobile, will have a 42% stake of the combined company, while SoftBank, which owns Sprint, would own 27%. T-Mobile CEO John Legere would serve as CEO of the combined company, which would operate under the name T-Mobile. R.I.P. Sprint. Perhaps the companies say they will be able to roll out 5G faster as a combined unit pending regularity, uh, regulatory approval rather for the merger is expected to finalize in the first half of 2019. Sprint also struck a four year roaming agreement with T-Mobile that will stand whether the merger goes through or not. Smart for them to be uh, pitching 5G because if they want to get this through approvals, which, by the way, AT&T tried to buy T-Mobile not that many years back and couldn't get it approved. What it, year was that, by the way? We were still doing tech news today. So oh, okay. it, it was 2014 or earlier. It was 2012, 2013. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but they couldn't do it because they said it would reduce too much competition. It's not like there's been more competition added since then. Although T-Mobile's trying to say, well, Comcast has a wireless service and Charter has a wireless service. Those, those all rely on the four big carriers to exist, same as Project Phi. Uh, so so saying the 5G buzzword, which the government currently is, is very excited about making sure the U.S. leads the way in 5G, is probably a good pitch. Patrick, what do you think of this? Sorry, uh, my Google Hangout just stopped hanging out with me, and I heard, Phi. Well, it's probably because out. you're not on T-Mobile in the <laughs> oh, new combined well, T-Mobile Sprint. I mean, I saw. I, I I apologize if I'm repeating what somebody just said, but I looked at this and all I could think was, "Great, just what we need: less competition." Um, and you know, I'm not entirely sure Sprint or T-Mobile can survive long term. Um, I also think if they do merge into one, um, whatever traction we've gained as consumers is just going to slow down. Not that it's been blazing in its speed, but I don't the know. problem with AT and T buying T-Mobile, it was a a number. You know, a top two carrier eliminating yeah. one of the smaller ones. This is the th- number three and four combining. What's interesting to me is that T-Mobile used to be number four until they were prevented from being merged into AT&T. And now they're number three. Would the same thing happen if this gets disapproved? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very curious to see because the other thing is the, you know, the regulatory environment in Washington is a touch unpredictable these days. Um, so I'll be kind of curious. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think also ever since the great Comcast smackdown, um, I think also they're, they're certainly listening a little bit more than usual outside of the FCC mm. in Washington. So we'll see. Back um, in the 1990s, Jean-Noel Friedman bought France.com and set up a website for people in the United States who were interested in French culture. He even cooperated with French agencies on its development. One of those agencies was the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of France, who, in 2015, sued Friedman for control of the domain. Uh, in September last year, a Paris Court of Appeals ruled that the site infringed France's trademark on France— and on March 12th, uh, web.com, which was op- was was where Friedman had bought the site, uh, transferred the domain to the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Now, Friedman has filed suit as of April 19th in Virginia Federal Court, accusing France and VeriSign, the registrar behind it all, of cyber squatting and reverse domain name hijacking. Ever heard of France.gov, France? <laughs> or .fr, your entire domain name you own? <laughs> But uh, okay, I mean, 
when we he went to sign up for the squad on all things considered right <laughs> i yeah it's just is I, I think I just I, I admire the man for bringing up the lawsuit. I just don't see any hope of him actually winning this one. Although it would make him really happy if he did. Well, it's it, it's it's odd because a Paris court says France gets France dot com. What's a U.S. court gonna say? This is a French-born U.S. citizen who operates France dot com, and I, I mean there are lots of other situations like this. The first one that came to mind is Hawaii. Uh, our friend Ryan Ozawa out in Hawaii, who owns the Twitter domain or the, the Twitter name Hawaii, he has been very careful to use his powers for good so he doesn't get in <laughs> trouble with the state. Uh, so I hope this wouldn't lead somehow to that changing. Well, I don't think he was doing anything bad. I, don't, I think he was, you know, he built up a business. It was a U.S. domain, it was a U.S. business. Yeah, with Friedman, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even a U.S. domain, it's a dot com domain. That's a worldwide TLD. Which arguably that could be what France is talking about. I think Friedman's saying, look, I've done this thing for 24 years. And then suddenly, 20 years in, you decide, oh, wait, we don't want you to use that anymore. You should have started whining in 1996 when everybody else yeah. started defending their domain names. Exactly. <laughs> Pre-orders for the Atari VCS open May 30th on Indiegogo. A time-limited collector's edition will feature the classic wood-like front paneling, and the rest will be a ba- black version called the Onyx Edition. There will also be packages for a classic joystick, a modern controller. It will have an AMD processor, support 4K HDR, and 60 frames per second gameplay, Wi-Fi, USB 3, and Bluetooth 5. Bluetooth 5. Wow, we're up to that already. It will come with more than 100 classic Atari games and be able to support an unknown, at this time at least, list of popular modern games. Shipping is expected spring 2019. Uh, Nostalgia. Is there any limit? No. No. (laughs) Couple hundred dollars gets you something that looks vaguely like a 2600 uh, or not if you get the Onyx edition and can do all the Atari games you can also play in emulation. Uh, I, I, people seem to love this sort of thing and it's an interesting move to make it a game machine like a 4k 60 frame per second game machine i'm very <laughs> curious what other games it'll support i'm assuming they're going to be pc games but maybe they'll be android titles i don't know I, I do like the subhead on the gadget 4k hdr at 60 frames per second seems a bit overkill for playing asteroids <laughs> exactly uh, and that's why these these list of modern games titles are important because that's what would take advantage of that, but we don't know what those titles are yet. What yeah. if Asteroids was, you know, rezzed up to be a cool 4K version of Asteroids? Would this make you want to buy this more? <laughs> it means it's not Asteroids anymore. I know, right? <laughs> certain things you just shouldn't reboot, and yet... Yeah, well, it's. I mean, it's. It's always been interesting because you know we've seen. It, I wonder if this is a reaction to like the Nintendo classics that have been coming out the last couple of years, or a system finally waking up to. Gosh, you know, every time somebody comes out with another one of those Atari joysticks with an entire twenty six hundred inside of it and a you know cable to plug into your television, they seem to keep selling them. So it seems like they've finally wised up to the fact that they can start selling this stuff, but. You know, it's nice looking, but I, I just, you know, open Linux operating system, join the revolution. And I'm like, um, if Steam couldn't do it, how are you going to do it? Because, a, I mean, this could be the magical way that it gets done, right? Is like right. Uh, what Steam couldn't do, nostalgia can. And <laughs> and uh, they the, these folks made one of the joysticks that you're talking about. So they know 
the the power of that of that brand. I'll be interested to see how this Indiegogo does. Timothy B. Lee at Ars Technica has an article with hopes for people who want to buy graphics cards. I know there are many of you in the audience. We have good news. As the price of most cryptocurrencies have been falling, so have graphics card prices. Uh, Lee did a comparison picture from his local Best Buy in January, which had mostly empty shelves where the Radeon RX 570 and 580s ought to be, and then took a picture last Friday where those same shelves are stocked. He also noted that the 580 price tag was $530 in January and is now $420. Uh, and then he went and did some looking at PC part picker and found out that that bears it out. Uh, Radeon prices are falling there, as are NVIDIA card prices as well. The price of Ether has been slowly rising again, though. So some people have been worried if this means the graphic card prices are going to start going back up. But Lee points out that new ASIC mining hardware custom designed for Ethereum, as well as Ethereum's upcoming change from proof of work to proof of stake, which doesn't need the processing power, may keep those card prices from rising again. We were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Or we were talking about we were talking about buying. We had a, a viewer who was like, "Is it okay to buy used cars that have been in mining rigs?" Uh, and it was fun because we we talked to some friends of ours about that. One of whom who has uh, seventy six GPUs in his garage, and the what? other one who reviews GPUs for a living. He started buying them. He he secured almost all of them before the prices started going up last summer um around the time i was complaining about paying 50 dollars over msrp for my 1070 um but it's been fun to watch you know over the last i've, I've been watching the, the 1060 price for this short 1060 i want to buy for a system i want to build um they've been steadily dropping for like the last six weeks uh, and if you are shopping check out newegg amazon is often more out of stock faster or with prices that do not reflect the you know, possibly, you know, keep an eye on Camel, 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 but go over to Newegg because Newegg seems to have a much broader supply, even if you just go to Newegg only uh, than Amazon and some of the other online shopping uh, places. Real quick, Patrick, uh, the, the idea of, a, you know, a gently used GPU versus a, a, a GPU that's been used for mining, you know, over, I don't know, let's say a year period. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it was an interesting, it was, it was, it was an interesting kind of series of conversations because, um, you know, the, the side A was like, don't buy used GPUs because, you know, most people might game, you know, two or three or five hours a week. And these cards are running full blast um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it turns out you can actually wear out silicon, which is a concept that I find really difficult because that was always the ah, silicon never wears out. Chips never wear out. But you know, chips can eventually wear out. More likely is that a whole bunch of the other components on the mother or the the PCB are going to be trashed um, because they've been running flat out for so long. Especially if there's been uh, poor cooling. Um, the rule of thumb would be, you know, keep an eye out for like EVGA. I want to say does cards with a three year warranty versus a one year warranty. Look for cards that still have like you know two years left on a three year warranty. Um, I probably wouldn't buy used cars off of eBay. Um, I'd be skittish, uh, buying them off of Craigslist. Uh, if I had a friend who was into mining and suddenly realized that he had, you know, 19 cards that were no longer generating any money and decided to sell them, that person I would buy from, but it's, it'll be interesting to watch because they're already starting to show up, you know, offering third party used on Amazon and other places. And, um, I've seen pictures of warehouses where it's just rack after rack after rack of GPUs and they're, they're all running flat out 24 hours a day. Um, People, you know, 
uh, I, I wouldn't pay any, you know, I would pay under MSRP and I wouldn't pay, probably wouldn't buy one if the warranty wasn't still good. This one was only used uh, by a little old lady for land parties with her church group on Sundays, though. So <laughs> That's probably fine. That's what she says. <laughs> China Times reports analyst Ming-Chi Kuo has left KGI Securities for another firm where he's going to focus on emerging industries. Of note, Kuo has been one of the leading analysts covering Apple for years, Mm -hmm. often predicting correctly what the company would do. So kind of interesting that he's decided to... I don't know, expand or move on entirely. Yeah, maybe he just got bored with covering Apple supply chains. And he's and like, I you mean, know, that would be okay. It doesn't matter how many times I'm right. People just always remember when I was wrong. I'm out of here. I just want to talk about Android for a minute. Maybe maybe he's just looking at, at, at Apple's declining influence. I'm going to say that just to get the hate mail. Okay. Um, and, and he's decided he wants to move on to the next big thing. Well, and, and honestly, you may be onto something there where he says, you know, Apple Apple's predictable now. It's really not that interesting to try to, to guess what they're going to do. I'm going to move on to emerging technologies because that's more unpredictable. That's more of a challenge. Well, and the fact that. that Apple is being more forthright, at least, you know, from a PR well, standpoint. Relatively speaking, yeah, yeah. About, you know, what what's going on and what they're doing and the supply chain and you know that the rollout is like maybe there is less scoop for somebody like quo and he feels like there are other areas that he can many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Be an expert in. Although recently there was the whole Apple memo about security that was leaked, so it's it's not like they don't take security uh <laughs> you know seriously anymore but i did find it odd too that mark german's tweet 
Of course, Mark Gurman works for Bloomberg, famous at having very good sources about what Apple's going to do. Mark Gurman's tweet about Quo leaving was the one that's picked up by everybody because I think he's seen as sort of the heir apparent to like, oh, yeah, but don't worry. If you want to know what Apple's going to do next, Gurman's still on the beat. So it's going to be fine. Yeah. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com, available on the Amazon Echo, Google Home, and Anchor app, as well as a podcast. And that are our top stories. All right, uh, Patrick, monitor Whoa. upgrades. It's something that, that you know a lot of people need to do, but you don't always hear people talking about it because uh, it's not something you need to do all the time. When, when should we do it? What do we need to know if you're out there looking for a monitor? Well, okay, first question. Everybody in the podcast right now, Tom, Sarah, what monitor are you using? What resolution is it running at? And how long have you had it? I have had this monitor since I bought it at Fry's in 2013. Uh, so about five years now, probably almost to the day because it was sometime mid-2013. It's a 24-inch HP monitor. And it is running – I'm trying to find the exact resolution. It's somewhere in the 2K range. Um, it's a 60 hertz refresh rate, but I can't find my resolution. <laughs> it's probably 1080p. Do you know if it has an LCD back panel or backlight or a, or a cathode ray, a CFL? Oh, no, it's a backlight. Yeah. CFL. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, as you transition from CFL to LCD, the, the, the monitor life gets a lot longer because the thing that used to make monitors dim so fast was the backlighting uh, wearing out. Sarah, what are you running on your, are you using a laptop or a desktop monitor? Well, I'm using a I'm using my MacBook um, as we speak right now. This is a little bit of an inception situation, but I also have <laughs> I I have a nice little Windows monitor that um, I currently don't have set up, and I'm sorry that it's extremely uh, sandy. I live at the beach, but um, but uh, but it's it's real nice. Sorry, I'm envisioning you and your desktop and your desktop monitor and your generator going down to Venice Beach to like land party out on the beach um, uh yeah it's not far from my saturday night <laughs> it's a big party in venice um what's been interesting so i, I i've had not upgraded my monitor while like 2560 by 1440 i've had one for two or three years and uh uh roger and i were talking i did a review of a new dell they have a new 24 and 27 inch what they call their ultra thin or s series monitors and what's interesting about them is you know, they're very, very thin. They're very, very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but they are super, super thin and using something called Corning's iris glass to attain that thinness. And the weird side effect of that is that you end up with this incredibly even backlighting and it's super, super dark. And they, they've been pushing this whole sort of cinema experience on their laptops and, and desktop environment. So they decided to go for a VESA display HDR 400 certification, which is not you know, if it was a television, it wouldn't be very impressive because it wouldn't be bright enough, but it's pretty impressive for a desktop monitor. And I was looking at this monitor and I hadn't really thought about how old my 2560 by 1440 desktop monitor at home was until I kind of looked at one and looked at the other and realized, A, how much darker the blacks were on this monitor and B, how much better the colors were uh, and C, um, how incredibly even the backlighting was. And, uh, you know, I was looking up, uh, I was looking up the, the specs, um, I started to realize it seems like people never upgrade their monitors because when you take a look at uh, Steam, 
the 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 Steam hardware survey, seventy two percent of Steam gaming is done on ten eighty p monitors, like nineteen twenty by ten eighty monitors, and the next highest is like thirteen sixty six by seven sixty eight, like old pre seven twenty p monitors or laptops. Um, that's like nine percent, and then another three and a half percent is twenty five sixty by fourteen forty. And it occurred to me that people just aren't upgrading their monitors and. Partially, I can understand why they don't do that in gaming, because when you upgrade your monitor, you probably need to upgrade uh, your GPU if it's an older GPU. And if you can't afford old... a GPU, <laughs> why upgrade the monitor, right? <laughs> but even before the, the, the GPU prices went through the ceiling. Um, and, and the truth is, if, if you can run you know, 1920 by 1080 now, you could buy a new monitor and run 1920 by 1080 on a new monitor if you just went with another like 24-inch panel. Um, but... It was odd to me to, to to look at the specs for this monitor and realize it was like I want to say greater than eighty five percent PCI three color gamut, and uh, which means that this three hundred and fifty three hundred and eighty dollar twenty seven inch desktop monitor actually has more colors or has a larger color space than most uh, full size four K HDR televisions that were sold in twenty seventeen. So monitors are getting a lot better. There's still a lot of crappy monitors out there, but, um, you know, it seems like, you know, you look at like productivity or content creation, um, where I look at like, for me, my sweet spot is an ultra wide monitor. I, I run a Dell, uh, U3415, uh, and programmers in, in Excel spreadsheet jockeys sit down in front of this monitor and start panting because it's essentially, um, 3440 by 1440. And for my programming friends that want that last, you know, few pixels to 1600 i understand you can do that um but you end up with like three columns of information which is really nice and then 4k and 8k monitors are really fantastic for people who are doing content creation or if you want to have a massive amount of applications up on a monitor simultaneously um gaming the higher resolutions are incredibly difficult to drive especially now because the gpus are so expensive even though the prices are coming down uh and then you have to kind of choose like oh do i want a g-sync monitor or a free sync monitor mostly though people just want higher refresh rates um that's why I was laughing when you're like, oh, to provide some clarity. And uh, the thing I was laughing about is like, if you're not a gamer, you don't need G Sync or FreeSync. Uh, if you're not a gamer, you don't need a monitor that refreshes at 140 frames per second. Um, it is amazing to look at this, like, you know, the, the, the 24 inch 1080p version of that Dell monitor, which, you know, I wish it had a vertical adjustment, um, but it was amazing. Um, the blacks are much blacker than I've seen from an LCD. Um, the colors are very, very accurate and very, very bright. It goes up to like 400 nits, which is pretty bright for a flat, a desktop monitor. Um, and it was amazing how much better it looked than my five-year-old monitors. I think the thing I wanted to to say. And, and how much again? The twenty-four inch ten eighty p one is two hundred and thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and the twenty-five sixty by fourteen forty, the twenty-seven inch one. Uh, I think today it's three hundred eighty dollars. Last week it was three hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. That's so, the street price, not the MSRP. So not dirt cheap, but but not outrageous. No. Yeah. No, I, th- I mean this would be like you know a premium. You know, maybe not as premium mm-hmm. as a as a you know an ultra sharp uh, you know from the from the business side of things over at Dell. If you um, if you get an 8K, if you get 8K in a monitor, what is that useful for yet? <laughs> you know, is it, well, one, it'll force you to upgrade your GPU if you have anything less than a 1070, uh, or did for me. That was that's how I ended up buying a 1070 last year before everything went insane. Was I had to upgrade my GPU because I. I could not literally buy anything less than a 1070 and feed an 8K monitor. And I bring that up because it certainly isn't gaming. Um, and it is interesting to have the equivalent of like 20, I guess 16 1080p desktops on one screen, which is kind of crazy when you start realizing just the massive amount of pixels. So you can put a lot of apps up. 
you can put a lot of apps up, especially if you if you make them really tiny. But the thing that kind of blew my mind on it was realizing that you essentially end up with a retina display like experience on this massive mm-hmm. panel. Yeah. The pixels at, at 8K, the pixels are so small. They are invisible, and you know, to to use the the Robert Heron approved term, uh, it was luscious. Well, Just, and, it, and with, yeah. when you're talking about a monitor, you're close enough that that can start to make a difference versus a yes. television that you're you know you're sitting ten feet away from. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're twenty feet away from the television, buy a seven twenty p television, buy a ten eighty p television because you can't tell. Yeah. Um, but it was really amazing to me to be like you know this far from the monitor and. You know, like it's like, like that first time you saw a super high res phone display because you're like quad 4K. It's like wow, that's just it's true. You there, know, what I mean, there are definitely those moments where you're like, I just don't care about Retina, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> now I care. Now I do. I can't go back. And then you look at your phone and you're like, oh god, oh. I didn't want to buy a phone this decade. Yeah. Um, you know, but the 8K monitors are certainly bleeding edge if for no reason than A, driving them uh, is really expensive. But this is like an 8K monitor right now is a $3,700 monitor. Yeah. So, the, so the people buying those are, you know, they're, they're working in production. They're early adopters. They, you know, it was they're rich. Yeah. Or, or, you know, let's say you're a, you're, you're a, you're a photographer. You can open up a sure. 35 megapixel yeah. image. If you, yeah, um, if you can justify the purchase, great. Yeah. If you have but a means. lot of people are still trying to figure out how to justify that kind of purchase. <laughs> yeah. Well, which brings us to that $350, $380, 27 inch monitor where, you know, it's a nice, healthy, but not terrifying jump up from 1080p in terms of, cause it, it's, it's frustrating because I hate working on anything other than my ultra wide now because I've gotten so used to having multiple applications stacked. And then even working on my, you know, you know, working on my laptop, which has a fairly high resolution, still seems so tiny because I can't spread things out the way I do uh, on my desktop, as silly as that might sound. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound silly. There are a lot yeah. of things I still do on my <laughs> desktop. I, I can't do it in any other way. I'm feeling cramped just right now looking at my 27-inch monitor and hearing. <laughs> talk about it, so. It's time to upgrade your resolution. Yeah. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and join in on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. Always good to get a perspective from across the pond. So let's check in with Nate Langson to find out what's been catching their eye in the UK. Thanks, guys. Well, this week we listen in on Facebook CTOs grilling by lawmakers here in Britain. We've got some essential sound bites if you want to hear some of the angriest moments. Seriously, if you thought Ted Cruz gave Zuckerberg a hard time the other week, you're in for a surprise. Plus, more than a third of all songs on in the Spotify top 50 in the UK now contain swearing. So Spotify is rolling out a trial to filter out explicit tracks. But we look at the wider problem in song lyrics as well, such as violent or sexual subject matter, and discuss ways to tackle this in music, similar to how it's handled with games and movies. All that and more at techpodcast.uk. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Nate. Let's check the mailbag. Let's first email comes from Tyler. This is about MoviePass. We've been, you know, kicking around the idea, like, is this a viable model? What's going to happen with it, etc. Tyler says, I was watch, I was writing in to comment on your MoviePass conversation the other day. I don't think it's hard to believe their claims of making profits on a large number of subscribers. It takes me 30 minutes to get to a theater. Then I usually am only able to go on weekends while my wife is at home napping with the kids, right? You know, parents, you you understand that. I waited in incredibly long lines for my card. I had a problem with it after I got it. 
And then I only have actually used it maybe four times. The I'm pretty sure it was a month, possibly even two, when I went unused completely, didn't use it at all. I'm sure that their dream customer is not me. Either way, I don't feel special. So imagine there's plenty of people out there that just give them money for no good reason. Although maybe he is the dream customer because he's not actually using it as much as you know he wanted to, but he doesn't cancel a subscription. Also, I remember sometime last year, I think it was in a gadget article that claimed that JJ Abrams and Steven Spielberg, among others, were supposedly all for day and date releases. I feel it's not so much the tech company theaters should worry about but maybe the filmmakers as well. I just love this because Tyler, usually we get the email saying like, there's no way they could be making money. I have movie pass and I see hundreds of films and Tyler's like, they must be making money because I never use it. <laughs> so it's pretty yeah, funny. Exactly. Exactly. Got another email from Darcy. This is real quick. Uh, this is, uh, we had a really, really good Friday roundtable episode. If you haven't listened to it, please give it a listen. Uh, and Darcy enjoyed it as well. Says love all your shows. But the roundtable this week pushed me to subscribe to Patreon. Yay! <laughs> it's your shows that I watch and listen to while getting ready for work each morning. Thank you. And then said, eh, lol, because it was all Canadian. <laughs> thank you. Episodes, so. hey. Yeah. Got that, Darcy. Thank you. That's awesome, Darcy. Thank you so much. Yeah, totally. And thank you to Patrick Norton, as always, for being on the show regularly. Patrick, where can people keep up with everything you've been doing lately? They can sneak into my house and observe quietly from a corner. Oh, okay. No. Bad. How about that would probably be the best com. way to know your life. <laughs> yeah. your but the children will bounce on you, and the dog will eat you. Uh, <laughs> com, techthing.com, or avxl.com, which is the podcast I do with Robert Heron talking about uh, home theater and audio gear. Thanks Excellent. to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon. Uh, at April 30th, the last day, it looks like we may end up with about 19 more patrons than last month. You are champions! The more patrons we get over last month, the longer I'll let that tarantula climb up my arm. So by all means, keep them I mean, coming in. Tom, you know you have to do this. I know, I know. I started to wonder. <laughs> wait, wait, how many, how many patrons we need to get the... the- to get the tarantula to your armpit. Uh, well, oh. a second oh. per patron, let's say. Uh, I don't know. How long does that look? You know, let's ask the tarantula what seconds. it wants to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we really need to bring everyone in on the consent regarding this. <laughs> the world's oldest arachnid died this week, by the way. Oh, How sad. old was it? Uh, like 42. What? 43. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think the scariest part about that story is that I'm actually older than that <laughs> spider was. Yep. Still beat him, Tom. Oh, well. Good work. Good good try. Uh, uh, er, go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say thank you. <laughs> Patreon.com slash DTNS. Take it away. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you know an arachnid uh, that is older than 42, we'd really like to know. 43, sorry. Uh, 43, <laughs> even better. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 20.30 UTC. We'd love to have you join us if you've got the time, but you can always watch or listen after the fact as well. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow, I think, with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, 
whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 